Tavern Talks, your guide on being omnipotent in the world of Dungeons and Dragons. As always, I'm your co-host, Adam, and with me today is Caleb. I'm Caleb. All right, Caleb. We're back at it again. Back in the saddle again. I'll tell you one thing, dude. It is hot. Yeah, it is extremely hot in North Georgia. Um, it becomes unbearable in August, but I think we've hit August before July even happened. Yeah, no, it's pretty unbearable. I mean, I thought I was going to pass out walking up your walkway to the front steps. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I had to, I try to do my mowing now between like 6.30 in the morning and 8 and beyond 8 o'clock in the morning. It just gets unbearable. Yeah, no, I mean, forget doing anything between the hours of 8 and 8, basically. Yeah, no, you can't uh, get anything done. I also noticed done. you uh, redecorated a little bit. Yeah, I got a uh, new can light fixing to install in the uh, yeah, perfectly <laughs> in the foyer. Shaped. <laughs> yeah. Why don't, why don't you tell us what happened? Yeah. So this weekend, uh, my father-in-law and me wanted to install new Ethernet cables throughout the house to as have hard plug-in lines uh, for the tavern area, as well as upstairs in the attic and then down. We'd shoot them through the drywall areas. Right. And we're sending out. Uh, Wi-Fi signals, basically. We have two uh I just, I just want to skip ahead to the part where you fall. Yeah, so I there's a... Part. I wish I could show you uh, what it looks like upstairs, but essentially you walk up the attic steps, right. and then you have a platform there, and then you have to make either a long step over to another platform, or you shimmy yourself across two rafters, and then you make it to the next platform. Or, alternately... You don't do that and fall through the ceiling. Yeah. So I got up there, mask on, you know, protection, you know, from the fiberglass and the other fibers flowing through there. And I take a step over where I think the footing of the plywood is because it's all covered in blown in insulation. And my foot slips and falls straight through the door, uh, through the ceiling. And then I have basically from my leg down came straight through the ceiling. Adam found a fork in the road and he. He took the path less traveled. Yes, straight straight through the ceiling. But anyway, so we had that happen. We finished up with the Ethernets. Now we got great reception everywhere. Downstairs, we have a new Wi-Fi terminal uh, mm -hmm. where it extends down here as well as a hard plug-in port too. Plus a miniature skylight. Yes. That, uh, well, yeah. Well, there's lots of jokes to be had. I am very clumsy, as it usually is, <laughs> and that's just how it happens. So He failed his dex check. Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what happened with me this weekend. Uh, I installed Ethernet, got Wi-Fi in the house, but uh, at a cost that was greater than mine, falling through the ceiling. Oh, you know. You know. But the Canon, uh, this following week, uh, is getting sandblasted and powder coated. So and that's Canon, y'all. It is. And I'm super excited about it. We'll see how it goes, and I'll keep you updated uh, on that, and Caleb. Yeah, I, I look forward to watching you stuff lots of gunpowder into a pressurized metal container and setting it on fire. Well, we're, we're really thinking about doing, uh, like, Roman candles, duct-taping uh, them together and stuffing it through the barrel so okay. it shoots out during Fourth of July celebrations. Much safer. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, just keep it on the back burner that it can have black powder and it can yeah. be ignited. Well, and, and then there's always the, you know, classic 4th of July game have like a group of people run in front of the Roman candles as they're going off. Oh, yes. And whoever doesn't get hit like gets advantaged on the next session or something. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. So, But how was your weekend? Uh, it was pretty good. Just uh, melting, working, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, not much Find luck. Find anything on, cool? No, not really. Not much luck on the art sale front. Okay. So, 
I've got, uh, a, got an auction coming up in a couple of weeks, so I'm just really trying to clear out inventory right now and yeah. make it you so I can You're getting lots walk. of sales on the eBay? Oh, yes. Yes. It's Good. Been very busy. <laughs> yeah, I had a, had a truckload to take to the post office this morning. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, congratulations on yeah. that. Trails in uh, antiques, everybody. If you uh, want to go check out his <laughs> eBay store and see what he's got, I know he's got two Annabelle dolls. He's wanting to get rid of. They're not Annabelle dolls. Well, I mean, technically, the original Annabelle was a raggedy Ann. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> now so everybody you, knows that they're Annabelle dolls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like three feet tall. Yeah. And so I didn't store them in a box or anything. I've got some uh, rocking chairs hanging from the rafters yeah. just to clear up space. <laughs> and so I thought it'd be a great idea to sit them holding hands. In the overhead rafters. And so they watch over me when I'm working at like 3 in the morning. Oh, as always. Yeah, so not creepy at all. <laughs> yeah, and then um, I think Kaylee talked to you about a piano bar. My wife. Uh, yeah, my wife, uh, about converting that piano that we're going to give you um, into yes. a piano bar. We need to talk about that. Yeah, yes. so Kaylee's really excited. So she, when oh, we man. get done recording, we'll go up there and ask her. I forgot to bring your um... radio. It's fine. Okay. It's all good. We record I see every you week. enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see you enough as is um, with that. But uh, what are we diving into today's episode for our Dungeon and Dragons listeners? Well, last week we went over one shots. Um, the week before that we went over dungeons. This week we're going to get into travel. Yeah. And modes of transportation. On the road again. Yes. Or on the road again? Question mark. Question mark. Because I, I guess at this point in our uh, story, our band of adventurers have not really been on the road. They've traveled no. a little bit. Yeah, they've traveled to, to a cave and in a forest, but now it's that you're traveling between cities and what mm-hmm. to do throughout all of that, as well as what kind of modes of transportation you can have in D&D and how us as DMs go about travel. Fun um, times. Ty, roll those dice. All right. So modes of travel is what, uh, what we're going to start off with. And really, that kind of uh, that kind of encompasses the importance of travel in D and D as well. So we're just kind of going to do those two uh, together. Okay. So traveling in D and D, there's different ways you can travel: um, astral plane traveling, teleportation traveling. You can you know plane shift in su- certain characters if they're high enough. I still want to talk to you about getting that Harley for my wizard. Oh, that'd be cool. The friend and artificer. Yeah, and he makes like a motorcycle for you. (laughs) (laughs) The nerdiest, most bookish guy in the entire realm showing up on a Harley. That'd be great. (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk about this. Yes. Um, Animated by the spirit of the demon horse. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, we're starting something here. All right, yeah. Yeah. Throw out the notes for this episode. Yeah, all right. Demon horse Harley. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's going to be good. Uh, I got some ideas for that, so I'll talk to you after this podcast (laughs) (laughs) about that one. Um, But you can tell so many stories by the roads that the people travel on. Right. And that's just a quote that I'm grabbing out of my ass. (laughs) Beautiful. You actually have that tattooed on your ass, don't you? Uh, Sure. Don't ask how I know that. (laughs) Um, with that, you can build a whole world off of the roads that you create. Mm-hmm. Like Kind of like in Roman times, all roads led to Rome, and mm-hmm. they were the reason that Christianity spread throughout as easily as it did because they were you know, roads to travel on. Mm-hmm. But in the world of Dungeons & Dragons, 
how you travel, whether it be fast travel from one city to the next, or are you going to make them experience the road and I, have nights under the stars? I hate fast travel in D&D. Yeah, I, and certain DMs do it. Um, I do it on occasion if you're, they're trying to get from one location to another and they've already been that road. Mm-hmm. Fast travel, it kind of happens. But in certain cases, mm-hmm. I allow the it to play out. Well, and my players quickly learned that whenever they set up to, um, whenever they set up to travel, whenever they go to bed at night, uh, put up a uh, put up a watcher. Yeah, yeah. always. Yes, always, <laughs> always. Like I will, I, I roll on my wild tables. Yeah. So yeah. I, I never know if a bandit group or a bunch of kobolds or whatever is going to attack them in the night. Yeah. But they don't either. So is this your wild tables that you're using on your own, or are you I taking have, from the back of the DM's handbook? Uh, I have a very heavily modified wild table, ju- okay. just because. Um, to to me, a wild table is not one size fits all. So in the in the one shot, or not in the one shot, in the homebrew that I've got, it's a different world where you, you know it's like it's like the real world. You know, there's South America, there's North America, there's Canada. Not, you know, as far as climate, as far as uh, mm-hmm. animals, that yeah. sort of thing. I got so you. depending on where they would be, I would have a different wild table and would roll for it. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a desert, you're experiencing more desert creatures yeah. and bandits are more, you know, desert yeah. themed. I mean, I mean, in, in the uh, in the homebrew that we're starting out, it's the summer, so the winter frost or the winter ice and snow is melting, which is freeing up passes in the mountains, which is where the goblins stay. Uh, so okay, so it allows this, them to come into the world at this time of year. Goblins are definitely going to be added to the wild table. Yeah, but around winter time, they go back up into mm-hmm. their hideouts yeah, and, then you would and survive. Have, you would have other things that would thrive on wintry climates okay. that I would introduce, and so, then they kind of station themselves on the roads to. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, grab you know weary travelers or adventurers on on well, the going you, from town to town. Yeah, you want to give them motivation. So why are they? Uh, maybe it was a maybe it's a really hard winter, and so food's running low. So you've got half emaciated hobgoblins or bugbears attacking. Yeah, you know, throw mm-hmm. that into the description. Make it and, realistic. Yeah, yeah. And are they? You know, some races view humans as edible. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what they're there for. Or maybe some races don't view humans as edible and they're not really so much trying to attack as they're just trying to sneak away with the party's food okay. or resources. Yeah, I gotcha. So, you know, it, it's kind of fun to just keep it from being the boring old, oh, you've got a bunch of goblins attacking role initiative. Yeah. You know, no. add a little Describe bit of Describe the environment. Com- complexity to and it. And it gives them a thought, the players a thought. Well, you hope that your players would think. Right. And playing a wizard, I have to say, I really love Liamit's tiny hut. Yeah. It's very yeah. beneficial. You, you, you got a look on your face. I hate I hate protection in <laughs> in travel or in travel in general. I hate protection. Just going to a hut or uh, Mordecai and Kaiden's, you know, magical mansion or whatever. Magnificent mansion. Yeah, magnificent yeah. mansion. Hate those. Just just hate them. Love them. I mean, they're fun for the players and all, and and I get it. And there's safety around it, but th- well, I mean, there should be you know a way you as the DM should counteract that. Well, you can. Absolutely, especially at higher levels, yeah. especially if you've got some more powerful magic users in the area. There are definitely workarounds. Yeah, but when you're low level and you're just tiny hutting it every single tiny time, hut. it's you're just like, I well, can't I mean, get around this. that. Yeah, well, you can. I mean, the the time limit on that thing's eight hours. Yeah, but everyone's going to get up before the eight hours, and that's a long rest. So, yeah, I mean, having them come out of the hut and get attacked, I mean, they, 
their spells and stuff are all yeah so yeah. you're sitting there like all right that can't can't do anything so it, it, it becomes a challenge as a dm when you're facing those kind of op almost spells yeah. that come out and, and of course that's that's kind of Road travel. What do you do for? And this is something I've not really done a whole lot of. But uh, river or sea travel. So river river travel is fun because mm-hmm. you can get like river fey creatures involved. Oh, oh, I love uh, the fey. Or um, I kind of almost do it. Uh, have you watched Spirited Away? I have not. Okay. It is on my list. So have oh. you watched Death Note? Doctor Horrible Sing Along Blog Firefly. Death Note. Yes. Okay. But, yeah. The others not. So much yet. Ghost Adventures is still taking up the majority yeah. of my watch time with Kaylee. My but, <laughs> uh, but with that, uh, river travel and it, with Spirited Away, the uh, helper uh, who helps out the little girl, he is actually a water, um, a, a water creature that is uh, in Japanese lore, basically like a dragon of some sort. But he's the spirit of the of that river, basically. Right. Yeah. So you'll find that out in the movie, but those kind of spirits or creatures that live in the rivers and stuff as you're navigating, it's mm-hmm. it. the possibilities are endless there. And if it's a large enough river and they do a lot of river travel, you'll have other people coming up the river, just kind of like in the Mississippi, they come up and down using mm-hmm. ferries and stuff. So you can take a ferry down and you're on a boat and you okay. have a boat encounter. So you were just talking about the Fay. Are you saying that you like... Jump on the back of a pixie to ferry your way across. No, oh, no. Okay. I'm okay. just saying they appear. They so could they could f- be like a combat thing or a. Uh, a f- it doesn't have to be combat in general, but they come and attack the boat or stop the boat, and they then the party has to, you a know, ferry, not a fairy. Yeah, a fairy. A fairy. Fairy. The But there's there's plenty of other you know, creatures the of the rivers that yeah. you know. If you're in a swamp, you have large crocodiles that come swimming <gasps> up. Hags. Jungle cruise it, you know. I love hags and swamps. I just love throwing them in there. Yeah. So you can have different situations that the characters have to overcome, whether it be combat or non-combat type of areas. Mm-hmm. And um, and you can even have the fairies that are ferrying the uh Party I'm so members. Confused now. <laughs> it gets very confusing. I'm just it, 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 fairy, F E R R Y. Okay, and, okay, that, that that's much better because yeah. I was imagining Mab, Queen of Air and Darkness, in her <laughs> starlight robes with a hobbit on her back. Or, I'm sorry, a halfling on her back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, we can do that. But the rivers, and they all flow, you know, whether they are powerful enough to either just follow the flow of the rivers in the next city, or they have some kind of combustion engine behind them that can pilot them north of the city. Really depends on what kind of creatures you're going to find uh, along the riverbanks. You may find some settlements along the riverbanks that are not a part of the city, but they're there, and some river you know, folk living on the river, bayou people, if you had it, any of them. What's there? wrong with you? I say you, he did. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I, I love sea travel because there's a lot of stuff in the ocean. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. That's, that's a there's much... a lot of deep, dark, scary things that people don't know what's out there. Yes. And you've got a bunch of demigods on a small hunk of wood, essentially. Mm-hmm. Very, very limited area to move around on. And they have, they have to not only protect themselves, but, you know, this hunk of wood that they're floating on in the middle of this vast ocean. Well, it, it's that. You have, you have, uh, you can follow naval battle, and you can, if you have enough people and a crew, you can actually run, there's naval encounters that you can find yeah, on oh yeah. 
uh, Reddit as well as you can purchase some um, through us in our Patreon that we have some naval battles mm-hmm. to encounter. Um, and I think it's not used a lot. And you as the DM can decide if you want gunpowder in your um in your in my campaign home, in or my, you don't. It just really just depends on your flavor. I have it in mine mm-hmm. where it does exist because Vasir has a basically a um, what is the one that's kind of like a shotgun? It's a um, pepper bar, a blunderbuss. Yeah, basically like oh, a blunderbuss, an early prototype of yeah. a blunderbuss. Probably got it from an artificer the pirates did when mm-hmm. they took over the ship. Um, but they don't know where it came from. It's one of the early creations of gunpowder in Very the universe. Cool. I, I do have it in my homebrew, but only one highly paranoid, secretive nation has off to that. The, off to the Bast Republic. Yeah. And, and they figured out gunpowder, but it's not made its way into the rest of the realm yet because they're very secretive. They've not had any open battles. Okay. And so they kind of hold the, the... The knowledge of it. The, the knowledge as well as the... Capabilities. Capabilities. Thank mm-hmm. you. Kind of in reserve. So every everything else has uh, ballista, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, if uh, the party tried to take up a life of piracy and attack one of the Bast Republic's yeah. trade vessels, they'd be in for a rude awakening. Yeah, and they probably wouldn't live to tell the tale. Um, maybe. Maybe it might <laughs> Going be Going down to Davies Jones's locker. <laughs> maybe. Uh, release the Kraken. Well, uh, speaking of Kraken, I had y'all fight one. <laughs> no, that was not me. It was with y'all in your group that you're traveling with. It was my current with. group. Yeah, that's what I mean yeah. by that. But yeah, so I had them fight a Kraken. Mm-hmm. And the way I did it with the Kraken is I did it by tentacles, not by the actual beast itself. So, I've seen that anime too. So it's just e- easier. <laughs> it's just easier to co- do combat that way where they had you know, 10 tentacles that came out um, and attacked the ship and wrapped themselves around the ship. And I did it as a skill challenge and not a full combat. Interesting story. Do you know how many tentacles it takes for uh, to to uh, make a Kraken laugh? Eight tentacles or ten no. tentacles? Ten tickles. Ten tickles. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All Um, right, but there's there's those three ways of traveling. But then you have, um, but then you have astral plane travel if you (laughs) want it, and that's just. Uh, that could be anything and everything. As a DM, you can throw it at, in there just to mm-hmm. confuse the crap out of people because yeah. they have no clue what's going on, and neither you as the DM have really no clue what's going oh, on. Oh yeah, because I mean, if you, I have a magic uh, like a wild table, mm-hmm. but specifically built for astral plane encounters. You might have Githyanki pirates floating around the astral plane, and you get attacked by them. Always fun, uh, and two. I mean, you've got land, you've got sea. You've got air if they're skyships. Yeah. Uh, and, and with funny sky enough, ships. my world has skyships, but y'all haven't encountered them yet because you haven't encountered the city that has them. Well, skyships, you run into a lot of the same opportunities and challenges that you do in a conventional ship because mm-hmm. you're up in the air. You're There's a lot of things in the air in this world. People don't really realize how much is actually aerial. Mm-hmm. Um all the dragons can fly, mm-hmm. basically. Um, any colored one that you have, mm-hmm. metallic or non-metallic mm-hmm. colors, they can go up into the air. They don't have to metallic live in a or chromatic. Yeah. yeah, they don't have to live in in a cave. Like you could have them flying around, and their cave be on top of a mountain that no one can reach. Oh yeah, obviously. And, and um, mind flayers, if they escape out of the underdark, and yeah, 
Yeah, and don't forget, too, I mean, that's a really good opportunity, even in the middle of combat, to throw in a few skill challenges. Yes. Because you fall off a boat in the ocean. Oh, no, I got wet. You fall off a boat. Skyship. You just plummet. Oh, no. <laughs> you better hope somebody has fly. <laughs> yeah. Then there's the barbarian that thinks just because he's raging, he can, he can fly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's uh, he's undamageable <laughs> with that. No. But um, And I just want to touch base with our traveler adventuring group that we have. We're going to make them take the road. Okay. Make them take the road out of the town, go into the next city over. Uh, this will be the bigger city. So think of it as a, as almost like we're building a little empire, and you have one of the settlements on the outskirts, mm-hmm. and now they're going to the next bigger city. It's not the yeah. metropolis or anything, but it is a definite larger settlement than the actual city, the actual uh, okay. empire city. And so how do you plan a travel sequence like that? Yeah, uh, that... Is this our new segment? Yes, would bring us into our new segment. So uh, we'll take that and tie. Oh, roll those dice. So travel sequences. Uh, We we touched base on that at the very beginning. But with our travel sequences, some people do fast travel and others do the normal let's take you day to day type things. Other times, uh, and I know other DMs do this as well, they just let the day go by, and they just randomly say, hey, roll a die. Yeah. And they call out a character to roll a die. And whatever it lands on, then they just go back to scribbling. And that can really intimidate your players because yeah. you don't know what they had. You, as the DM, keep it behind closed doors, basically, yeah. of what's happening around the world. Well, and throw in a little whimper or a groan every now and then. Just, mm. Yeah, but when you're determining you know, the travel sequence, I always like to, like to uh, have the map out. And just basically say, hey, from this town to this town, it will take you, you know, a day and a half's journey mm. or three days. Always have the <clears throat> days planned out, basically, of yeah. how long it takes to get from this road to the next road. And in your map is itself, when you're building them, it'll make your life a whole lot easier so you can judge distances when you're drawing the new maps. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, this this long of a route took a day and a half. Well, this next route's a little bit longer, maybe a half times mm-hmm. longer. Okay, it'll, it's going to take three days then. Yeah. And that, that's kind of what I do whenever I put my, my players on a journey. You know, I'll say, okay, this is going to be a seven-day journey. Uh, the morning dawns bright and crisp on day one. What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And usually there's a little bit of role play they want to throw in there. If I've got a wizard or an artificer or something like that. They're got, working on something. Yeah, you know, which has its own challenges. I mean, even if they have a cart, cart's not really the most stable yeah. platform to work on. So that gets some checks with disadvantage. But um, And sometimes they say, we just want to travel. It's like, okay, uh, like you said, pick somebody to roll a dice, mm-hmm. consult your table, see if that how that's going to affect. The weather patterns, you know, because sometimes it'll be just like nothing happens. It's a bright, yeah. sunny day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's nothing happens, but it starts raining a little bit. Yeah. Or you they, get the a, they get a zombie beholder or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of that happens. Let them bed down for the night. Let them decide if they want to put a... Uh, a watchman. Yeah, which <laughs> uh, experienced players will. And then go from there. Yeah, and I think it just is, it just is uh, important for when you're planning those as you determine the distance. Also, as the DM, want to have certain points of interest that pop up along the way. And uh, that kind of goes back to the segment, too, about when we do road travel. I sometimes like to throw in like a circus going on on the side of the road, oh. or, or like a little novelty thing. It's not necessarily an encounter, but... Mm-hmm. 
you know, does your players ha- will turn it into an account. They will, and it yes. may be combat intus- intrusive, but I try to lead with non combative options for them. So they hear circus music in the distance. and I cast fireball. Yeah. <laughs> That's what will oh, end up look, happening. Look at the big tent, how it burns. It is so beautiful. <laughs> uh, please don't do that. I played this entire circus encounter for y'all, but. <laughs> I cast fireball. Don't you want to see a bearded lady? I want to watch them burn. It's just a dwarf. It's a bearded dwarf, but it's I, a lady. I want to watch them burn. <laughs> and now I have a taste for it. So I turn around, and I travel back to the town, which we just left, and I burn it too. I don't know why my villains are always German. It's just fun. It's just the typical villain. It's just it's, it's just, from all the Bonds and from Austin Powers. And <laughs> no, Mr. Vecna. I expect you to undie. You got Dr. Rick Toffin. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Strahd, so good to see you. Yeah, uh, German is a good villain voice anyways. And I always like to make him a little bit gay, so you're not sure. You but, just, uh, yeah, just, just the trailing off on the on that, the long vowels. It's, and it's, it's very um, sexually ambiguous. <laughs> it's a very good voice. Thank you very much. <laughs> I enjoy doing it. <laughs> Don't don't enjoy it too much. <laughs> no, I enjoy this quite a bit. This is how I answer the phone sometimes. All ha- right. Ha- hello, you have reached me. How lucky for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, now we just lost everybody. Oh, yes, yes, we've we've lost every one of our followers. Uh, all we, right. I just I just like to do voices. Hey, yeah, we 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 all do. Uh, especially as DMs, we all like creating voices. Well, part, of, part of it. There's like 200 voices in my head at the same time, and that's just the ADHD talking. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to be a little bit neurodivergent to be a DM, I think. Yes. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, I love throwing in, uh, like you said. It, Non-combat Def- encounters. Yeah, maybe there's a broken tower along the way that leads into the Points back of interest. Door. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, the players are going to try to investigate that to see if that's another breadcrumb of your storyline. And if it's not, just be like, no, just you know, roll an investigation check, roll a perception check. Yeah. It just appears to be a broken oh, down tower. Yeah. That or an old fort yeah. that was used in, in past years that has been run down, not used anymore, has spiders you know, infiltrating the the. Facility. Or maybe a, a charred remains of a circus tent with a giggling German man standing nearby. It, you could definitely have that. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's points of interest that you should have. There's there's some you know encounters that you could have along the way. And then again, uh, I would probably try to use minor Caleb's wild encounter tables that we have, or get you one from Reddit, or get you one from yeah, they're um, easy to find uh, from the DMs back of the DMs uh, guide. Uh, that book has a ton of them that you can have depending on your environment that you're in and the weather and the um, the type of area that you're going to be traveling through. Yeah. So and ours is just on a road. They're traveling through a forest. It's a forested road. So you'd have your typical bandits probably stationed out somewhere if you rolled that. You probably have an owlbear encounter that happens, you know. A German owlbear? You can make it a German owlbear if you want it. I've you a- could even have a couple of uh, uh, probably some... Um, larger creatures uh, that are monsters, not mm-hmm. just actual humans that e- get encountered. Uh, they're more, I would probably, you may want to trinkle in maybe some demonic things if, you're, if your oh, breadcrumbs are, are happening uh, and you just want to leave like, oh, demons are starting to appear more yeah, in the world. This? You may just want them to have, like see something. Demons in the tower? What's up with that? <laughs> And and let's revisit my um, German owlbear. You know, like the parties gathered around. 
The firelight casts warm shadows around the party as they collapse, tired from a long day of travel, when from the darkness they hear, A hoot hoot, a hoot hoot. That is the sound of an owlbear, a German owlbear, a hoot hoot. Can I roll to see if I recognize too, the... Too late. You are already dead from the hoot hoot. <laughs> the hoot hoot is coming for you. It's going to haunt my dreams now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to send him a voice text later. He just goes, hoot hoot. Hoot hoot. hoot, hoot. hoot, hoot. <laughs> so, yeah. That's but yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to... Um, I mean, again, I don't like fast travel. I like to throw in some challenges or some sort of... Something to keep the players entertained and engaged. You know, and if it's a very heavily role play inspired travel session, you know, maybe you scale back on a little bit of that combat or other yeah. things that you introduce. Never be afraid to let your players take control of the table. Yeah, and, and let them by all means. Like you've planned enough, and you're trying to make sure it's going right, but you also don't want to railroad them into your Unless encounters. They are traveling on a railroad. Rovers don't exist in my world. Do they exist in yours? No, no. Yeah, they haven't. They haven't gotten to the steam engine yet. Um. When that happens, they will figure out that there's other uses, but not yet. Uh, they have not gotten there. They're not that advanced. Hoot hoot. Yeah, they won't be able to escape a German owl bear now. Yeah, it's gonna haunt my dreams. <laughs> hoot, hoot. Uh, <laughs> but. Um, so having that and having the role players and keeping them engaged is really important for not only trying to guide them to the next city, but make it challenging enough for them that they feel like they're part of something, uh, whether they're starting to run out of rations and someone has to do a nature trek to find more you know, edible foods in the forest or you know, make it as realistic as you can because these sequences will help determine what kind of you know, environment that they're going to be facing at the next town over. Yeah. Um, and that kind of uh, leads us into the next segment of how to get your players engaged for role play. All right. Uh, whose turn is this? I think it's, it's your yours. turn. It's yours. Oh, tie. <laughs> Roll those hoot hoot dice. Can we get a sound effect that's just me going... I can get I can get it uh, up and and rolling. Hoot hoot. Just just you just want hoot hoot and yeah. then just randomly throughout the episode it's hoot hoot. Yeah, hoot hoot. And it just gets louder each time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, getting it's getting closer. It's getting closer. <laughs> then suddenly you detect the aroma of bratwurst. But we should make it like multiple episodes out. So yeah. it's like it's like, oh yeah, well that one was that one just a little bit closer yeah. as the travelers are journeying on. I am a minion of Herr Smoky the Druidic Bear. Oh god. We're still on the Smokey the Bear. Yeah, yeah. He rides owl bears into combat. So he rides a don't cousin think about of it too his? Much. Don't, don't think about it too much. Oh, no, it's a druid, right? Yeah. Okay, well, that's fine. Yeah, he's just, he's just wild he's shape. He's a wild shape into just a bear. Yeah, wearing a hat. It reminds me of the Avatar sequence of, uh, what kind of bear is it? It just says bear. Armadillo bear? No, just bear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then you get there, and it's Bosco, just the bear. Yeah. Uh, beloved Beloved by everybody in the Avatar community. Way to go, Bosco. <laughs> so role-playing. Yeah. Both of us are really big into role-play. Yeah, well, we want our players to be really big into role-play. Yeah. And sometimes they're just not. Yeah. Yeah, get, I mean, get, them on the, get them on the right day, they can role-play well. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> super great. And, uh, you know, to, to do that, um, 
give them the opportunity to role play amongst themselves on travel. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm never opposed to adding in some random NPC either to help kind of. Yeah, just guide them on. Like, oh, we'll take that. you to the next town over. Or, hey, I'm taking goods to the next town over. Can you help me transport my cantaloupes? To the next town, yeah, and they have the oddly specific, but yeah, know, you know, just like a dr- dwarven prospector. I'm just trying to get to the next town over. Uh, if you young whippersnappers could help me, I've been hearing this damn hooting for a couple of days now, and it's kind of driving me crazy. <laughs> and about that time, you hear in the distance, hoot hoot. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I, I believe Caleb, when we start playing his uh, sessions, is going to be a. Uh, German owlbear, and I'm going to be the only one that knows about it. Yeah, <laughs> because gonna, no, none of our friends listen um, to this podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna see a perception check, and he's like, "You hear hoot hoot in the distance?" Hoot, and we're hoot. like, "Great!" <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else in the party's like, "Well, what? It's just an owl." Oh yeah, you'll find out later. Don't trust me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're in like the capital city. They're going to meet the 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 premier of the land. They're just sitting there waiting. Then over the sound of the bubbling fountains, they hear. Hoot, hoot. <laughs> and wait. it's behind them. Can't wait. Roll initiative. <laughs> uh, but you want them to role play, and if you need to help them role play, uh, like Caleb said, just use an NPC um, yeah. to guide them along. And they may need that for the first few sessions of traveling with them. It's just how it happens. And it's not a bad idea as a DM, no matter what game you're playing. Have at least three or four NPCs kind of stuck in your pocket. Yeah, bring him out. Uh, or I have uh, I have one. He's an old man, and he just pops up out of nowhere sometimes. Mm-hmm. And he's like the uh, conscious voice inside everyone's head that kind of tells them what they need to be doing if oh. they get off track. Okay. Beware the hoots. <laughs> <laughs> They're the fo- in them woods. The hootin's never stopping. And it's getting louder. <laughs> it's getting closer. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Or you could always do like some anthropomorphic fish yeah mm-hmm. i mean you know it's really a fake creature but the party doesn't know that yeah maybe. So, so it just shows up oh remember murder is always an option i'm gonna find a fish that sounds just like that <laughs> there aren't any witnesses if no one's left alive <laughs> <laughs> welcome to eternal darkness <laughs> Your entire existence will now be suffering. <laughs> okay, this is this this episode's going off the rails. Ty, cut out a lot of this stuff. <laughs> it's great. Okay. Loving it. And that's just how kind of you should role play as the DM. You're just out there trying to have fun with, with everybody and trying to get them to interact with one another. Maybe, you know, one of them could be like, Well, what's your secret, <laughs> young whippersnapper? <laughs> Don't tell him anything. <laughs> Kill him and wear his skin. <laughs> Just creepy. Just make really, really cute characters that are unimaginably dark. It's kind of like that uh, Lumen uh, uh, Luma from uh, Super Mario yes, Brothers movie. Yes, I loved that. <laughs> that was awesome. It's I, only eternal that. darkness, <laughs> endless void. And I'm like, yes, Luma is only endless void. They were screaming until the master took their voices. <laughs> now they suffer in silence. It's just creepy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Too many ideas going for, like, I yeah. could introduce yeah. to y'all for yeah. coming This is going to be a three-hour episode. Uh, Caleb's in a mood this today. Is, this is great. Um, but encouraging those characters to interact, like, 
Caleb's doing with these voices, I, you know, as creepy as all get out. Yeah, and just lean into it. Like, yeah. I mean, it, when, whenever when I you cre- think it's not, if, if you think it's too much, it's not enough. No, you just no, no, keep no. going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make them uncomfortable as possible if you're going that route, mm-hmm. or try to help them along the way if there's if it's their first travel. I mean, you're going to find out if they're role players or not when it becomes travel sequences, and you're like, all right, what do you want to do? And you just crickets, and that's all you hear um, throughout. But like- I hear the wailing of the damned, and I sleep so peacefully. <laughs> I feel bad for this fake creature. He's been through a lot. <laughs> I like to watch you sleep. <laughs> you, know, you know, that brings me back to like my old man that I that yeah. I just randomly pop up. Yeah. When he's around, y'all y'all can go to sleep, and he'll keep watch. Uh-huh. And <laughs> he's like, I'll just keep watch. Don't you worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay up with him. His end is drawing nigh. <laughs> but, I like, I like but, to watch the light leave their eyes. <laughs> I've broken Adam. <laughs> this is so creepy. But I think you get the point with role play yes. and, and, and traveling. Uh, so our adventures apparently meet a fey fish. <laughs> I'm just going to go with it. Very I'll, colorful and slightly all right, glowing. Describe this whole scene. So let's say it's like day two. They're they're approaching the city. They're following a river because most roads should follow a river mm-hmm. if it's an early settlement type mm-hmm. of because they need fresh water source. You should always try to think about that. And that'll be another episode, maybe the next because we're describing the next settlement. Maybe yeah. we'll go into city building yeah. and how cities form and all the history behind that. Very cool. So I think we got our next episode. But awesome. so let's describe this scene. It's day two of the travel. Nothing's really happening. Well, it was sunny. It started clouds started rolling over in the afternoon along the forest route. Forest route now has opened up into a large field with a river flowing through it, and, and the road travels through the through the riverbed, and they have to cross a bridge. Mm-hmm. Well, at that bridge, that's where the the, the fay fish pops out. Yeah, they're just they're they're crossing the bridge. Uh, you hear the planks creak underfoot. I'd have the entire party either roll a perception check or just look at their passive perception mm-hmm. and be like, if it's high enough. Yeah, Adam, you have a high enough passive perception. As you're going over, you hear, <laughs> Travelers, new friends. I've not had new friends since the flesh sloughed off the bones of my last friends. <laughs> and uh, me being the druid approaches, yeah. uh, thinking that I can only hear them, yeah. but then the guys kind of rush over, I think, too, at the same yeah. time, is like looks over the bridge, and, and what do I see? Hovering a foot below the railing, still a good 12 feet off of the water surface, you see a brightly colored goldfish, no bigger than the palm of your hand, slightly luminescent and glowing, a silvery, not silvery, but a golden iridescent sheen. And it looks up at you, and you're a druid. You know animals in a way most people don't. Mm-hmm. This fish is smiling at you. Mm. I mean, it's it's everything good and bright and hopeful in the world. Okay. And uh, it looks up at you, and it goes, Would you like to enter the endless void? Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at that point, I would try to do detect evil and good. Mm-hmm. Um what kind of vibe? Am I, I mean, it, it would definitely uh, come off as a fey creature. Um, don't know that it would be evil though. Okay, C- right. completely amoral, okay. perhaps. Right. But amorality is not indicative of evil necessarily. Yeah. yeah. All right. But yeah. so, I think I would be like, uh, I can I can see in your eyes that death and destruction follow in your wake like wreckage from behind a tornado. 
I'll join you. Excuse me, friend. Friend, yeah. <laughs> what what brings you all the way out here? <laughs> There's more suffering near the human settlements. Yeah. <laughs> well, it uh, kind of comes up there and it kind of perches on your shoulder somehow, floating slightly. I can smell the decay. <laughs> this is uh, very strange, guys. Uh, it permeates your soul. Is it just me or is it the rest of us? Oh, no. I can smell you all coming from leagues away. Okay. Uh, okay. Are you, why do you want to follow us? <laughs> I want to soak in the suffering of sentient beings. <laughs> and it just kind of shivers itself. All right. And then I think I'd approach the group and be like, guys, this is a fake creature. <laughs> uh, don't you worry. Uh, most of them are amoral at best. They're, most of them are not evil. Uh, but uh, do we need to take you anywhere, friend? Do you yeah, want he's like to- hovering there the entire time. <laughs> do, you, do you need to go anywhere? Do you- <laughs> I think I'll turn on you first. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> um, In the nine hells, the fire never goes out. He's been to the nine hells. <laughs> um, so, d- is there anywhere you're particularly going we could drop you off at, or any charnel houses or places of torture? Or you know what? I'm good. I'll just follow you guys wherever you go. Okay. I think Adam's in love with this character. Already. Uh, I am. I can't wait for it to permeate the rest of this podcast. Hmm. Do you do you have a name? Entropy. Entropy. Okay. All right. I'm gonna die. <laughs> this is exactly what my jury is thinking right now. I'm like, mm. you don't say that out loud, no. <laughs> but then the fish gets a little bit closer to your ear and it goes, "Yes, <laughs> you will." <laughs> oh, great. Can't wait. Uh, so. Uh, I think the rest of the party would be like, no, we're leaving the, <laughs> the hell alone. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, uh, they can certainly try. <laughs> so I think, I think at this point, you'd be like, well, it, it's uh, majority rule around here, and I, I like you well enough, but the rest of the party, they don't. They don't particularly see. About that time, you hear from the far side of the river. Oh, great. All right. This German owl bear. <laughs> He's coming. The dark one has ascended. <laughs> Uh, great. The world will all right, be so we'll, we'll, in we'll flame and agony. <laughs> all right, we got we got to go, guys. The wailing right. of the children shall be lamentations for ages. All right, so so anyways, uh, well, we ain't got time for this. He's just gonna follow us along for the next. Oh, maybe we can get rid of him the next town over. But uh, you don't. Shall fall. You <laughs> you may not know what the hoot hoot is, but I do. Me being the druid of the woods, and it's nothing to be messed with. So uh, let's go. So uh, I guess he's just following along my druid's yeah, shoulder. And that, guys, is how you role play. <laughs> yeah, just just lean into it. That got really the, weird real fast, but that was great. <laughs> the sun shall turn to blood. The moon shall disintegrate in the sky. Children shall be famished. And I don't know. I was, this is going to be a very long episode. No, it was great. 10 out of 10. Hey, did but we have any questions this week? We did, and we can actually skip down to that next segment. It's, it's questions, and this time it's from the U.S. listeners. Oh, boy. So, Ty, roll those dice. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. 
You mean right, like this ants? is gonna haunt me, guys? I'm just letting you know. Anyone listening, this is just gonna haunt me. And, and for the record, if you want me to answer this as either entropy or um, Caleb, just do Caleb. German. I don't want to be listening. To this. <laughs> uh, all right. So Sarah from California asks Caleb, "What are some creative ways to incorporate travel-related challenges and obstacles into a journey?" Pain. You open your eyes, and your world is pain. The sky is dark, as though it were covered by a great hand. In your ears, you can hear the wailings of the widows. Then you wake up. It was only a dream. <laughs> so... Creative ways to incorporate challenge-related questions. Adam's dying. Are you, are you muted? Or uh, no, you, I'm not. They're just listening <laughs> I'm to you. Okay. I, just, 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 I have to listen to this. So, so yeah, this is this is a creative way. This is your world. You can literally do whatever you want to in it. And l- this is not a character that we've been preparing. This is just that a character we're sitting here. And I just thought it'd be really cool to have an innocent-sounding-looking character be just the embodiment of chaos and darkness. Oh, God. And so... That, that, that's one way to do it. You know, just pick a pick a funny voice that you have and just kind of base the character around the voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just created the druid on the spot and role-played with it. Yeah, exactly. And you'll find the right niche, and you'll find the right way uh, to incorporate travel sequences to be more, you know, obstacles, whether uh, a tree has fallen the road and it's blocking the pathway. Mm-hmm. You could have, like I said earlier, a circus come up or a traveling merchant every now and then pop up again. Um, you know, horses, wild horses appear. Your yeah. normal combat, roll that magic and wild table yeah. and see what kind of pops up. And if it doesn't really fit your style, then, you know, I, you, I use the rule of roll and then pick one to two above or one to two below. And then you have like a little section there. And if one of them fits that, then it happens. Yeah. And you don't want to try to force yourself upon for, something. Yeah. For example, you know, they're sitting there and a dilapidated cart rolls up and sitting behind the reins is a aged looking farmer Mm -hmm. and he turns to look at you and you notice that his eyes have a golden sheen over them and he looks at you and he goes I've possessed this decaying flesh (laughs) look at me I'm immortal now (laughs) every day you die a little bit more I'm dead already (laughs) lean into the entropy that is existence All right. Uh, question two is from, uh, and thank you, Sarah, uh, it's from Michael in California. How can I, and this is for you, Adam, how can I make travel sequences feel more immersive and atmospheric for my players? Yeah. Um, uh, like I said, me and Caleb have uh, a wild table PDF file up on our Patreon that you guys could go take a gander at. It's accessed around level five uh, for the $5 donations. Um, but that table basically is an Excel uh, PDF that we've, created and it kind of goes through weather conditions the um and then uh what kind of road you're going to travel on like forest pathways 
uh, beach pathways all the way up into mountain passages. And each one of those has different encounters on it. It's almost like your DM's guidebook that you have in your hand, but it's more in-depth and more creative encounters that you guys allow. Um, but if you're looking for ideas and stuff, go, go on to Reddit and type in, you know, like I've said always, you know, find it on Reddit. It says encounter tables, um, and that will make your world a lot more immersive around um, if you're able just to roll randomly because you you're not even prepared of what the encounters are um so that kind of ends up being what you're looking for and looking into more it's just those encounter tables will make your world feel full and immersive yeah and descriptions 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 it's always about descriptions and even on that encounter table we we produce you a great description that you can use and you can tweak it yourself yeah steal things we don't mind you stealing entropy if you so wish i will thank you all (laughs) um so this (laughs) this next question is from emily in texas uh are there any tips for balancing combat encounters with non-combat encounters during travel just whatever your players uh, I mean, you can tell as the DM what your players are into and what they're not into. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if they're not into role play, you know, introduce or combat. Ca- or combat, you know, mm-hmm. just uh, tweak it, you know. And uh, you can introduce NPCs. I think that's where you were going with yeah, that. Too. Yeah, exactly. You know, you can have entropy show up and they can absolutely battle entropy if they want. Good luck. Yeah, you know. I can imagine his stat table is... Uh, I mean, I'm sure he's just a cute little goldfish. Yeah, no. I don't believe that for one second. <laughs> he's an, ar- an archfey. Cool. <laughs> um, but hopefully that helps you out, Emily. Um, you know, seven-day journey, maybe, you know, two combats and one non-combat, or flip it around, two non-combats, one combat, and yeah. kind of base it off of that. One day, maybe one non-combat. Two days, maybe a combat and a non-combat. But don't make the combat so heavy where you have like five creatures popping out unless it makes sense for the story and you really yeah. need a bandit to come out or goblins to come out and have a band of roaming you know, bugbears or whatever, hobgoblins, and you need that to push them along. By all means, do that. But you know, take into account what's going on in the world first before you introduce a longer combat style when traveling because you're already going to have many combats in the next settlement over. Yeah. and just... Just lean into what your your players like. Mm-hmm. Be my advice. Yeah. So, uh, was that all the questions we had? Yes, that will all be it. All right. So, going into our sixth and final segment. Yeah. Let's share some personal favorites. <laughs> Ty, roll those dice. I mean, I think we've we've already kind of touched on a few personal favorites. Yeah. Um, Mine's still the Kraken. I did a skills challenge with the Kraken, and yeah. I got I I got y'all a ship. Um, y'all took it from pirates and saved the, you know, they were trading humans. Mm-hmm. And that's how y'all got a mode of transportation. You have a full merchant ship that you guys mm-hmm. now travel. Well, now you don't have it because Roz is still in Deep Home. So y'all are traveling by the uh, road now. <laughs> yeah, yes, we are. Yes, we are. Uh, my favorite is the next session that I play when I introduce Entropy. Oh, yeah. It's going to be glorious. You know, they don't have to be on the road by a river when they introduce him. I mean, I'm thinking in the sewers. Yeah, I, I think My that... owner flushed me down the toilet. Toilets haven't even been invented yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think the next thing is going to be a circus for y'all. I have a whole circus encounter for y'all. I'm really excited about that one. It's like a traveling type of circus cool. from like the 30s that you would go seeing like Ringling Brothers or something. Yeah, step right that. up, step right up. See the amazing bugbear. Yeah, so it's stuff hoot, like hoot. that. And there's... Hoot, hoot. 
you know, I may just do that just to, just, just, just to freak you out. But th- those are just some memorable encounters that we've had while traveling on the road. Um, I do a lot of fast travel in my world, so a lot of traveling doesn't really happen by that. But when we're at sea, always uh, I had a broken down ship that they had to go find, islands that they went and encountered on the sea, you know, different things like that that really made the world feel like it's it's real they find a deserted island and they there's a temple there I'm here too. <laughs> entropy's always there um and they go explore the temple but they don't really find anything but then you know they didn't realize it then but they found the lost island that holds the uh the whip of binding that y'all need for y'all's journey, but you don't have access to it yet because you needed certain characters. But guess what? You have certain characters now, but you got to get back to the lost island and you got to find it. <laughs> I'm an evil DM. Um, yes, you are. But those are some of my favorite moments that I've already encountered in my DMing world is, you know, certain, you know, bandits and goblins are fine and all, but when a Kraken comes out or exploring those islands, that's, that's really my cup of tea. And then like the, the party barbarian cracks his knuckles when the uh, kraken appears yep. and says, "All right, guys, time to get cracker lacking." <laughs> that was great. Rocks fall, everybody dies. Uh, any any other? Uh, no, no. Like I said, my favorite is when I introduce entropy okay. in the next game. I can't wait. <laughs> um, anyways, guys, that'll take that. Um, and just to recap ourselves here, um, we're looking uh, at uh, you know traveling encounters in D and D. Uh, we've explained, you know, five different ways you could travel on D&D. Choose how you go, whichever map that you've made. Choose how it goes and describe the world that you're going to, you know, encounter with it. And then we kind of planned out a travel sequence for y'all, um, as well as how the distance and time is required for the journey on top of, you know, notable landmarks and interests and potential encounters. And then, of course, our favorite, the role play with the travelers and introducing entropy and 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 the druid and uh, the, the German owlbear. An archfey is a challenge rating of 22. Dang. I just had to look that up. Yeah, they're screwed if they fight them. It's all fine now. For now. Um, but that kind of encompasses everything that deals with travel in D&D and different things that you can encounter while also making the world immersive for yourselves. Again, uh, this is always teaching you about how to be a god in D&D and how to be omnipotent in the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Um, with that, I hope that this episode kind of helps you out. Thanks for all the questions, guys, from yes. uh, Sarah, Michael, and Emily. Appreciate it. Keep the questions coming. Um, you can always find us at DM Tavern Talks um, on TikTok and Patreon, Facebook, and Twitter. And then at uh, DM Tavern Talks at gmail.com is where you can submit our questions for right now. And DM Tavern Talks.com is our website. Thanks so everything so much. is there. Um, as always, thanks guys for listening. And don't forget what happens in the tavern stays in the tavern. Y'all be safe. Good hood.